Hello and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. This is episode number 71 with Joy Ellis. Before we talk about Joy, let's quickly acknowledge this outrageous track by Gareth Lecrane, Fist Fight at the Barn Dance, which, pending Gareth's approval, because uh, he hasn't texted me back yet, it's going to be our new theme music while I waffle on. For instance, Joy Ellis is a pianist, singer and composer based in London. Since graduating from the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, she has toured all over the world playing jazz. Past gig highlights include Ronnie Scott's The Jazz Cafe and the Barbican Pit Theatre in London, the London Jazz Festival, the Cork Jazz Festival and No Black Tie Jazz Club in Kuala Lumpur. She was recently selected as one of the 14 emerging artists to work with Mercury-nominated singer Iska, or ESKA, depending on how cool you are, on a composition residency in Manchester. In November 2017, Joy released her debut album, Life on Land, on the Fire label, which we really like. The album reflects her passion for jazz and improvisation, her love of groove and dance music. I know, let's have a listen to one of the tracks, The Jazz Man. Welcome to the Jazz Podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, I always forget to say my name. I'm going to do it. So I'm okay. Rob and I'm the host, but hopefully uh, it's not been too uh, disruptive in the in the previous 70 shows where I failed to mention that. Um, and Don't you say it in, your, in the little uh, musical intro, though? Sometimes. And um, I just made the musical intro for today's show. Um, and I forgot to mention it, <laughs> but at least I remembered that I forgot. That's okay. Cause yeah, still it is. Start. <laughs> so, um, let's let's talk about you. Okay. Wow, my cat just made an incredible leap into the wardrobe. <laughs> that was amazing. He hates the jazz podcast. It would seem. <laughs> so, okay. first of all, um, in your photo. There is a Pittsburgh Steelers logo. Ah, oh, okay. Let's talk we're starting about, there. That's, that's, we're starting, that's cool. Yeah, who saw that coming? <laughs> okay. Um, well, that was kind of deliberate because um, so my uh, partner Adam is who plays drums on uh, pretty much most all of my music. He's uh, well, uh, he's from Pittsburgh. So yeah, 
Oh, Are we like Steelers? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, I'm a, a lifelong uh, New York Jets fan. Oh, dear. I, I know. It's that. been awful. <laughs> Every minute of it has been disappointing, um, to be honest, except for two seasons. Uh, right. But, yeah, the other, like, 28 that I've lived through, it's it's been hard. Oh. Well, Steelers, they're a good, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of lucked out with me, you know, Pittsburgh. Because, uh, yeah, they, they do pretty well most of the time, I think. I think I I'm not. I'm not. The, I'm not the quintessential fan. He's the fan. I kind of tag along. I see at points, and I thought, well, I'm going to represent Pittsburgh here by putting on the t-shirt. That's uh, yeah. No. That's really. I've seen cool. him a few times. They, nice. <laughs> they came to Wembley about in 2013, and uh, we went and saw them there. It was amazing. That really sounds cool. cool. I went to see the Jets there maybe the next year, and. Uh, yeah, it's like a dream come true. It's really fun. So, Joy, tell us about yourself. <laughs> tell us things. Oh God! Uh, in anything? Well, let's, well, let's start with music, I guess. Um, yeah, just like who are you? <laughs> who are you? What's going on here? Right. So, I'm a pianist and uh, singer, um, and I uh, released an album last year uh, of original compositions, which are kind of heavily jazz influenced. I'd say. And we did a little tour around the UK and I was really happy with the way it came out. Um, I'm really uh, excited to do another one uh, as soon as humanly possible, although it's like it was budget permitting. And yeah, um, yeah I kind of got about 65% of it. In fact, this week I'm supposed to be in my, I kind of earmarked this week to really get finishing the, the second album. And I think um, I've, feel much having done the first one that was almost like a tester and then I think this one I, the next one the second one I, I kind of feel like I know much more what kind of sound I want to produce mm-hmm. and I like the kind of groove elements of like yeah I like incorporating kind of groove elements and uh, yeah the jazz harmony I love um and uh some uh yeah some of my classical kind of when I started uh, playing the piano uh, I did classical music because probably most where well, a lot of UK pianists probably started actually maybe a lot of jazz pianists over in the states kind of started like that I think did you do grades and such yeah I did all that um <laughs> it's such <laughs> yeah. misery oh, and then God. I quit it actually <laughs> yeah I did, yeah I did the grades I, I enjoyed them at the start but then um I think uh it's kind of leaves you a bit directionless I just yeah I, I think they are helpful to a degree but and then there needs to be supplementary stuff around it like developing repertoire and all the rest of it but um yeah there are they're helpful to a degree. I'm now I now do a lot of teaching, so I kind of like yeah we do Great. we do the grades. But I think it's good to pad it out with lots of other stuff from different genre, genres as well, because otherwise, you know, students get bored. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite narrow if you're only going to do oh yeah grades. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although they think they all like Lissy pieces were always the kind of jazzier <laughs> the cool ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. No, the jazzier ones. <laughs> Everyone always loved those, and yeah. uh, I think they've kind of there's, they've widened those. Like this B mm. is now kind of getting a little bit uh, funkier, but I don't know. Do you ever <clears throat> teach the jazz grades? 
I have taught the jazz grades. Um, yeah, they're kind of cool. It's like uh, to see Nicky Owls and mm-hmm. Pete Churchill. Uh, yeah. They've got some nice arrangements in there. And uh, yeah, they're, they're good. I think, again, it all needs to be supplemented with other stuff and ideally playing with a band, doesn't it? Yeah. And jazz music, that's the best way. So, so yeah. But <laughs> I didn't so, think I'd be talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. How far did you get through the classical grades before you, you stopped? So I did grade eight, then right. I did a depo- uh, like a performance diploma. Yeah. I, I just started, um, well, I was in my first term of Middlesex University where I went to study yeah. jazz. And at the same time, I did this performance diploma in classical music or classical piano. Yeah. And I did the exam at Guildhall. Um, I kind of, I think it was the first time I'd ever been in there. So I was absolutely terrified because you see all these names on the wall yeah. of all these amazing people that have been there and um, the history of it and everything. Then I went down into the lecture recital room, which is kind of this, uh, kind of in this like base. It's kind of a bit of a weird room. I've never been in anywhere like that before and this guy with a hundred letters after his name was examining me um for the and it was just I kind of had lost in you know I I wanted to do the exam I wanted to do the pieces but at that point I'd kind of lost interest yeah uh with with classical and was definitely kind of moving more into jazz I think I did a mix of stuff I did go I did some bark like really easy bark super easy um and then I think to some, I can't really remember actually, some Mozart, uh, Debussy, and then Gershwin, like he did three preludes for piano, which are really fun to play. And uh, I think they had the, it kind of progressively got better at the end. I think I, I like completely messed up the bark. And then the, the Gershwin, was, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed playing and, you know, and I did it well. But I managed to squeak through and get a, a pass it. But I, needless to say, I, know, I thought I never want to do a solo piano classical concert ever again. This yeah. is just not where, not for me. But um, yeah, I mean, the music is, you know, for the most part, that kind of repertoire is fun to play depending on what it is. And I'm much more into bark now, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, but, yeah, than I, than I was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything's more fun if you're not being told to do it by someone else. Yeah. Well, I was kind of pushing myself to do it, but right. um, I don't know why. I think because I'm quite goal-orientated. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, the exam was like a stake in the ground. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it wasn't music I was really, really into. So then, yeah, I was kind of just, I, you know, I came to jazz really late, actually. So I I got into Middlesex on the back of um, my classical grades, I think. And they very kindly, Chris Batchelor, very kindly let me in. Um, although I think I was about half an hour late for the interview as well. I feel as terrible thinking about it now because I think with London traffic and I just moved yeah. to, moved over and it was just, oh, it was a nightmare. But um, it was really, yeah, I'm so glad to have done it because, you know, jazz has been such a, a fun, like, music to discover. And yeah. the more I dip into it, the, or, you know, the more I love about it. Um, so you, you did an undergrad at Middlesex and then mm-hmm. a master's at Guildhall. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And what was yeah. your, what was the undergrad? Was that jazz, piano or classical? Jazz piano, yeah. Okay, cool. It was jazz piano. And then, yeah, uh, then went over to the Guildhall and I kind of did a mix of both. Because uh, oh, nice. I had Nikki Owls taught me for the second year, I think, at Guildhall, uh, yeah. sorry, Middlesex. And then uh, she and Pete both gave me some lessons at, uh, at uh, Guildhall, which oh, was, nice. yeah, great. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a while ago now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it anyway. When did you graduate? 
you uh, get further ago than when I did. That'll be a fun I, game. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, 2008. Uh, okay, cool. How about you? Uh, 2012. Ah, yeah. okay. There, okay. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yours was a two-year course then. I think mine was just one. How did you know that? Well, because I think it was going over to a two-year course. Right, okay. Kind of at the time I was Because really... you can do it in one year at Academy. Uh, some of my ah. friends did it in one year. Right. But I just needed a lot of practice before I was mm. going to achieve anything. And That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's just so much to do. And I, I mean, I kind of wished it had been two years, but at the same time, I'd done four and I was done yeah. at that point anyway. I'd love to go back and do it again. It As be, I worry yeah. about myself now. Like, if I went back and did it now, I'd appreciate it so much more. Yeah. Because I've had time to not be a student and realise that some days practising is just really hard to mm. fit in. Um, when I did my master's, I came straight out of my undergrad onto it. So it, I was just like continuing with a life that I'd always known, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, well, I think you just, uh, I just, uh, just got completely burnt out at the end of it. Um, I was so burnt out and I just, uh, wanted to play. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> I might no, no, you sneezes out. <laughs> That's weird. That's the first time I've ever sneezed on the jazz podcast. I'll keep it in. You should keep it in. It's <laughs> such an important thing. I will. All right. Sorry. Carry on. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I've just been uh, – college burnt me out, but uh, it was amazing. But there's just so much to learn. I think jazz is such – I completely underestimated it. Um, you know, it's funny. I teach a lot of adults now as well, and um, I think they kind of, you know, retirees they they come around to jazz and think, oh yeah, well, I did a bit of classical clarinet or something, and I'll, you know, I'll have a go at jazz, and then they just realise it's no way as easy as, as it, maybe some people make it look. Yeah, uh, I don't know. No, but, it's uh, really hard. It's so it's so like it's such feels like such a fragmented thing to learn. Like it's very hard to know. I feel to know like, well, if I do this, I'll definitely get better. Mm. I don't know. I always used to there's, struggle with it because I could never tell if I was getting any better or not. Yeah. I mean, this classical, you do your scales and then that kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, for the most part, you could say, well, I'm getting faster or whatever, but the improvising is just such a different, a different ball game altogether. I think. But. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's taken me a long time after college, you know, to really know as well within that what I even wanted to do musically and to say that, you know, to have be influenced by the tradition and then it's okay to go and do your own music. Do you know what I mean? Or, to, yeah. you know, there was such, I mean, I don't know, they call it the jazz police or whatever. They they felt like um, amongst, I think predominantly the students, actually, they felt there was this big thing there was certain music you could like and then other music, oh, it was just not, you couldn't. So I, I think that's taken me a while to kind of think, actually, yeah, I want to do this or I want to do that um, and be, yeah, really know what I want to do rather than being influenced by like little devils on your shoulder saying, yeah. oh, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, I've always felt guilty and this is probably an inappropriate place to say it, but I just, <laughs> I just like, you know, when people would say to me about like, I like, I have a lot of respect for, for John Coltrane and Charlie Parker, but they were never like great loves of my life. And I always felt terrible mm. about that. You know, genuine like guilt, like that. Yeah, <laughs> there, there must be something wrong with me. 
Oh. Feel that way. Who were they? Your genuine loves then? Oh, my genuine loves were uh, well, they are still Chris Potter and uh, Michael mm. Brecker. Those are the two that have like. Uh, that's what would put me in a practice room and be like, yeah, better do some work now. I'm ashamed to admit that I actually over the last couple of years I've just properly kind of started discovering Michael Brecker and he's amazing. Mm. I feel like it's just that's the thing. There's just so much music out there and so there many is. different, you know. But the thing about Brecker specifically, I feel, is across his career. He's got a really good showing of what he was about. There's a, you know, I don't know if it was just the era that he was alive, but there's just so many recordings, loads of really like versatile, different things. You know, some of his own solo albums are really sort of, there's some stuff in there that's really weird. Uh, there's some stuff that's like, like Time is of the Essence is an album that's just like, it swings so hard. <laughs> and then like his last album, Pilgrimage, is like really interesting sort of contemporary jazz uh, and then, of course, there's like some epic and cheesy Shaka Khan <laughs> and lots of pop tunes. <laughs> yeah, he was an incredible musician. I think. Like, Who are you yeah. into? Uh, well, I was going to say, actually, I do like, um, so Randy Brecker played a lot with Eliana Elias. So I really I love her. her. Yes. Yeah, she's incredible as well. She was in the um, first Steps Ahead album. Yeah, um, yeah. As like 17-year-old. <clears throat> You know, uh, yeah. playing with Peter Erskine <laughs> oh and uh, Eddie Gomez, Michael Brecker. That must have been yeah. a hell of an experience at her age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's played with loads of different people as well. I mean, and I've, I've seen her live a couple of times and um, I've always, uh, yeah, enjoyed listening to her piano playing and the trio stuff as well in particular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but Brad Maldow. Does she, does she sing as well? Yeah, she does, but uh, not loads. Um, but she's she does some of the Brazilian stuff, and I'm yeah. quite into. Uh, my husband's really into Brazilian music, so I've kind of come into it uh, like by kind of listening over his shoulder some of the stuff that he, yeah. he listens to. And um, uh, she she does a lot of yeah. She sings predominantly, I think, it's in Brazilian. Um, right. Yeah. Well, some some American standards, but yeah. Sorry, and you so, were going to say about Brad. Yeah, I love Brown Maldo. He is he's fantastic. I love I um I think compositionally as well. I really when I heard Highway Rider. Oh, I was um, just going to ask you about that album. <laughs> that's my favorite. I, I love that album. It's just like when I heard it, it was like yes, that's I would love to write something yeah. like that. Yeah, I um, get that a lot. Oh, I wish I'd written this. Damn, you know, oh, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, this the whole concept of it. Um, it's just. Yeah, it was, I found it really, really inspiring. I saw him, I saw him do the with the Britain and Symphonia. I think it was in the Barbican. Oh wow! It was like the first night of their tour doing that um, album. I think I'd heard the, I'd already heard the album, but when I saw it was on, I was like, yeah, okay, I've got to go and see that. And it was amazing. It was really, really cool seeing it live and um, great album. Yeah, I'd love to do it. And I think. Another guy similar to that comp compositionally, I heard a guy called Johannes Barrau, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, soon after that. Um, well, maybe it wasn't that soon. I can't remember. Anyway, it was, I think, 2014. He did a thing. On his album, he's got um, Wolfgang Mutspiel playing guitar. But I saw him live at King's Place with um, Gwilym Sincock and... Uh, a whole bunch of like cello, double, uh, like bass clarinet, and uh, um, gosh, I can't remember now. Uh, probably flute. There was a, like a whole bunch of like kind of 
uh, jazz improvising instruments and then kind of some more classical uh, instruments. And then, it, you know, it was all this guy, Johannes Brauer's compositions. And it was, yeah, great. And I thought that is also, I'd really like, I think because of the classical, with my classical upbringing, I, I'm kind of interested in, that's where I want to go eventually. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd get there like compositionally or be able to do an album like that, but that's definitely um, where I'd like to head for. I don't think this album number, my second album will be like that, but I'm thinking maybe in third I could do something like that. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Well, it's what <laughs> I always use like people like, like Mike Brecker. I think he was 39 when he did his first album. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah for, for, I know that's a long time, which feels yeah. great when you're like, okay, you know, that's a good amount of time to wait to have something. And then like Highway Rider for Brad, he must have been, I don't know, that must be his like twelfth solo album by yeah. his, you know, maybe more. I don't know. But oh, it's, it's pretty deep, you know. There's a lot of trio yeah. albums first. Yeah. You yeah, see. that's the thing when you realise how many people, you know, how you know a lot of these guys started so young it's kind of yeah but i think i've come around to it because i feel a bit older that it's just you know you do this is just so much fun you know and um it's such a journey of trying to get better at something yeah and um i feel like that is (laughs) slowly but surely happening and um you know it's paying the bills just yeah that's great (laughs) (laughs) thing is you just get everyone gets better and better with age you know, yeah, nobody's hopefully. at their best when they're like 30. I mean, one of the first <laughs> times I saw Chris Potter, he was 39 or 40. And, uh, you know, in the press, he's written up as the like the young up and coming tenor player of the next generation. Wow. And I was like, yeah, this is what <laughs> this is like. That, there's hope for me yet. If, <laughs> yeah. So where did you grow up? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, tell us. I feel like we've oh. been avoiding this. Well, so I kind of, we I, I was actually born in Cardiff in Wales, uh, but I left there when we were two and we kind of moved across the country via Wiltshire and I ended up in Suffolk in Ipswich, to be precise, right. uh, when I was about eight. And I grew up there till 18 and then I moved to France for six months um, and because I, I really wanted to travel um uh for you know since i was little i think my dad always inspired me with a travel bag he'd been working on in the merchant navy or actually i'm not really sure what he did he worked on scientific vessels that went out into the middle of the atlantic and would do stuff and um he'd say about you know going to cape town and uh you know uh other places he described all these amazing places and i'm like yeah i want to do that so um yeah i went to france <laughs> and uh then yeah just since then i've tr- you know tried to in my you know 20s i i traveled a lot um particularly after uni as well mm-hmm. um but yeah grew up in ipswich and uh and that was a lot suffolk's really beautiful actually there's some amazing places i i think i played at snake maltings or sang at snake maltings with my school choir and we and then we had i think i played well i played clarinet when i was younger and it was orchestras it was a, quite a nice they had like a saturday morning music school that i was part of and um yeah, so there was, you know, there was some musical stuff there, yeah, which was uh, quite nice. Uh, yeah, quite good, good memories, whatever. Mm. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, how did you realise that jazz was something that you wanted to do or play? Or <clears throat> do you remember, like, being exposed to it and being like, yeah, this is for me? 
I think it was some of the class. I had a whole, you know, I think my, my dad had bought me like a Duke Ellington book, which was basically a book of tra- piano transcriptions. Yeah. Oh, actually, not even that. It was like simple kind of arrangements of some of his tunes. <clears throat> Same with like Thelonious Monk. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was starting to play them without really knowing who they were. And then um, uh, I basically... When I was, I think, 23, I got a, uh, I, I just started, I think I got a new keyboard and, um, and a mic and I just started uh, playing and singing a bit together because I hadn't really done much singing until, you know, my early 20s. And someone basically got me a gig in a pub. And yeah. um, I don't know why, but I just thought, oh, okay, well, jazz, singer, jazz pianist and singer, uh, you know, in the, in the pub and that was what it was, you know. So I do a bit of... Um, uh, <laughs> I do a bit of Diana Krall's with some of her, you know, arrangements really badly from a tran- piano transcription <laughs> book. And then um, uh, probably a bit of Duke Ellington, maybe a bit of Alicia Keys. <laughs> so it's like a massive mess of stuff. Yeah. And um, then I thought, oh, well, I, actually, I don't think I'm very good at jazz piano at all, which, you know, I wasn't really playing jazz, to be honest. Um, so someone said, uh, I thought I'd just go and get some lessons. I thought, oh, yeah, six six lessons, they'll probably do it or something. And then realised very, very quickly that um, it was a whole world of you know, mm. stuff that um, and, you know, discipline that I needed to, to go down. So the uh, I had lessons with a teacher called Jeffrey Wilson, uh, who's in Chelmsford. And uh, he, you know, we, we had some great lessons. It was really fun. And he suggested I go to uni. And uh, I actually tried to get into a place in Holland, the Utrecht Conservatoire. But I think um, at the same time, it was, yeah, it was a bit nutty. My life at the time was a bit uh, all over the place. So that it didn't really work out. And thankfully, I got into Middlesex because I think that was the absolute best place for me yeah. at the time. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed the course. That was, yeah, some really happy memories in my life, I think. But yeah. So when you were, st- did, you, um, did you ever study singing? as well as the piano like with no. Pete Churchill did you ever like bring that up I had a I had a lesson with Pete at Middlesex and I think I had a lesson uh oh I, with another guy as well I at Middlesex I had one uh, two so probably two vocal lessons and up to that point I think I'd done a couple of classical lessons with a friend of mine um we you know went through some stuff but I wasn't really interested in classical singing uh, yeah. particularly and so then I did singing at the Guildhall um and I kind of have a, had a half and half and I had Lee Gibson um uh and got some lessons with her right. so yeah I was re- really interested in improvising to be honest and I didn't really want to improvise on voice um, yeah. I like scatting uh when Ella Fitzgerald does it yeah. I don't think that's something I you know Norma Winston I really like that and we did I had a there was a band I was in when I was at college at Middlesex which was quite free and uh we I'd sing quite a lot of free vocals um over stuff and this guy uh my partner at the time he would put my plug my voice into his moog which was fun so it's like it was hilarious and it was a you know um yeah that kind of thing but i'm not you know improvising with my voice i I really wanted to improvise or really want to predominantly improvise on the piano or keyboard or whatever it is yeah yeah so yeah I think it was technique that we looked at and some improvisation. And I think it, it, singing is amazing for 
ear training. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I kind of practice when I'm doing doing vocals now, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So do you... Um, let's talk about Life on Land then, the first album. <laughs> yeah. So how do you pick your band for such a thing? Um, I've been playing with Henrik quite a lot, um, just doing, you know like London gigs here and there just because yeah. uh, you know it's trio and I I like working with guitar players a lot um, so Henrik so, Jensen on double bass yeah <clears throat> um and then my husband Adam Osmanski on drums that was always gonna you know yeah yeah <laughs> I'm really and he's a he's got the sound I wanted you know yeah. like, as well fortunately <laughs> um and then uh, I was thinking about guitar players I really wanted to have a guitar player because uh, it helps me to be a bit more versatile when I'm, you know, singing as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, you know, looking up a few people online, doing this and that, and then I saw Rob Luff playing with Martin Speak at their um, Salisbury pub, which was like five minutes walk down my, my down my road. Yeah. And I absolutely, yeah, the gig was fantastic. I mean, Martin Speak's great and uh, really interesting compositions. And then what Rob did as part of the, the band was, yeah, it was like, that's the sound I want. That's it. Like, so, yeah. uh, and then he came on board and, uh, yeah, I was really happy with the, the way it uh, panned out. And I'm really hoping, I think, oh, sorry. No, it. no, I'm just, <laughs> I can't resist Rob Luff. Like the same thing happened to me with, with my album. I had a drums, piano and myself sorted and I couldn't quite find the right sound on guitar. And then I, I played with Rob once and he did some things that I was just like, <laughs> Oh my God, this dude. <laughs> <laughs> man what's going on here oh cool so he's on your album mm. I, don't, I should have yeah it's not out yet so you can't possibly have uh, I was gonna <laughs> oh wicked wicked but yeah he's, yeah, a, he's, he's... such a such a badass yeah he's definitely a lot and of he's fun so too. young that's the most depressing thing about him <laughs> he's like 24 years old yeah I keep forgetting how young mm. he is as well like uh, yeah he's yeah it's really it's really fun uh we played at manchester jazz festival um recently the four of us and yeah, it's that's hard what, to... that's what inspired me to ask you to come on the show oh right i was gonna ask you that actually i was up there i we go each year um because i grew up in manchester so ah. um yeah and um i saw you were playing a gig and i just thought ooh, this could be fun ah did you go to the gig uh sadly not otherwise I'd have... oh. <laughs> i'm really sorry <laughs> not that i didn't want to i'm i was at a, a friend's stag do um uh, on the day of your gig we went to splashdown in bournemouth um no. which is kind of tragic so <laughs> i thought this might make up for it yeah it was a really fun gig i mean it's a great festival to be a part of i was really grateful to steve for booking us and uh um yeah it's yeah, it's really fun and he's such a character like with uh, Steve Mead yeah oh do you know no well I was saying Rob but I, I haven't oh, even yeah, met yeah. Steve he was uh, very Steve. nice on the phone when I when we chatted about the booking but yeah you, you know him quite well well he's a just a you know he's like I don't know he just seems like an iconic Manchester character to me <laughs> you know he's sort of during the festival his brain's overloaded to the point that he won't speak to anybody so you sort of see him floating through the crowds cutting through it as if he lives in a different dimension to everyone else um but yeah he's because he and he's like I like about the Manchester Jazz Festival is one gig at a time so he's at every gig or actually there's oh, wow. the odd exception I think um 
Chris Potter and Aaron Gosh played at the same time. But other than that, you know, everything is one at a time. You get the same crowd checking out lots of different gigs. Steve can be there to introduce every single gig. So it's got a funny character about it because of that. Whereas like the London Jazz Festival, you maybe got like six or seven gigs at once. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just so much choice. It's yeah. you know, hard to choose sometimes. So. Totally. Yeah, I love Manchester as a city as well. That That's was cool, just such it? a great vibe. I did. Um, uh, I worked with an organisation called Brighter Sounds uh, last year um, as well. With um, they do a, a whole bunch of different series, and it was like the artistic director series where you get picked to work with, uh, a, yeah, a, a really well known, yeah, or you know, a, a good musician. So we were working with. Um, I think Chris Potter did one actually. That was like the jazz director series. Oh, cool. <laughs> with brighter sounds and then um i was working with esca and you basically um work with 14 other kind of emerging artists as it is um and she she kind of she was like giving us pointers and stuff and talking us through different stuff you work with them and then uh we all like kind of delivered a concert on or like took part in a concert and showcased the music that we'd written over the five days or whatever and uh, yeah, the Manchester, just such a great vibe. Having said that, it was, that series was back in, it was May 2017. So this, the Ariana Grande concert where, um, yeah, the terrorists kind of, uh, uh, yeah, the, the terrorists kind of, uh, bombing or whatever was, yeah, had just happened. And, uh, then we, then we, we weren't sure whether it was going to happen or not, uh, yeah. the, the workshop, but it went through and it was, it gave a really, a different atmosphere to it and it was yeah it was kind of interesting seeing like how music works in those scenarios or whatever and um yeah and the people of manchester are so resilient so like, yeah yeah so you grew up there yeah i did uh very happily I was going to say, I can't, the, the accent is like... Uh-huh. Yeah. I went to boarding school. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, are. my sister um, has a really strong accent. Um, and uh, it, like, it, we sound like we're like unrelated now. Because um, <laughs> like, I just didn't pick it up, which I'm kind of grateful for. Um, and because um, my mum was from Swindon and my, my dad from Wolverhampton. So there was no like central, you know, uh, yeah. accent. So I've ended up with this weird jazz podcast <laughs> voice. There's <laughs> a slight twang, but then quite London as well, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I've been here for 10 <clears throat> years now, so it's bound to. It seeps in, a, doesn't it? It, shut, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seeps. Yeah. <laughs> So let's just quickly talk about James Copus um, and ah. Binker Golding because I because these guys are on a couple of tracks as well um, mm. on your album. So, so yeah, go on, tell us. Well, things. Binker, we he was at Middlesex in my year, and then he also went to Guildhall as well. Um, so I've known Binker for a long time now, and and I just the one well both of the tunes actually that i asked him to play on i just knew he, he had the, the totally the sound i wanted yeah um for those uh so i was really happy that he was available to do it because that's the problem with all these people like rob and you know uh, uh binker or whatever they're never they're never free because they're always picked yeah. up with uh, you know doing other gigs but um and then James was actually, uh, Rob recommended him. Right. And I'm so glad that he, uh, you know, he did. Because, yeah, again, I, I was just really happy yeah. with the way it came out. And it was perfect, really. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. Great. So, 
such an honor to work with some really talented guys. It's Great. Yeah. Brilliant. <clears throat> and then your second album, you said you're 60% there. I think so. 60%. Is that in terms of like composition? Yeah, so we've done, you know, when you're doing a, something like Manchester Jazz, you kind of have to have 245s, don't you? And I think mm. my album's, what, 55 minutes long or something. So I definitely needed a few more tunes. Yeah. And I don't, to be honest, I don't play, I don't think all of the tunes on my album work. Well, they probably do work in a live setting, but I don't play them, you know, play them all uh, yeah. live. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some I prefer to play more than others. So um, I had to write a whole bunch of new stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I did, and there's, it's not quite enough for a second album and, but it's, yeah, just got to finish it off. Okay. Lyrics is the thing for me. I want to write, I want to have some instrumental stuff. Um, and I, I find it hard actually to know which ones are good to do lyrics for and, uh, and which ones to not do lyrics for. And, uh, and yeah, and also to so to try and write something that's not cheesy yeah. is so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, I like singing. It's yeah, it's nice. It's nice to do. So I kind of want <laughs> some to be vocal, but then with big, large elements of improvisation in it. So yeah, that's kind of eluding me at the moment. Yeah. But this week, hopefully, I'll uh, fix them up. And uh, it'll be done, and then I can record it. Hopefully, if Robin Henrik are free and Adam, so cool. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favourite thing to do that's not involving uh, music? Oh, um, well, I mean, I love travelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't your, know if that's a bit generic. Place? No, that's good. What, do you have a favourite country that you've ever visited? Um, well, Adam and I met in Malaysia. So I, I left the Guild Hall and um, I got a gig in a hotel, a five-star hotel in Malaysia yeah. for two months. And I, I was, yeah, we we met there. He's American. So he was um, drumming in a trio out there and uh, we both went to each other's gigs, hit it off. And um, we both really love the culture out there. Yeah. And the people are amazing. The food's incredible. Um, so that will probably be one of my, you know, from the sentimental side yeah, of it. Yeah, of course. Um, one of my favorite places. I love Rome. Uh, I love the States. Uh, mm-hmm. Where else? Oh, my goodness. There's so many countries, like, uh, of places I've been lucky enough to go to that I... So Adam has an American mood. passport because he's an American citizen. That is right. So when you go to the States... To, yeah, sorry. should probably have said all of that thought process out loud. <laughs> so then when you go to America, he'll get to go in the US passports queue and they'll be like, welcome home, sir. You know, yeah. and then you'll be like, they'll point a gun at you. Uh, <laughs> that must you know, be I, annoying. Well, I think they used to. And then... Um, although, actually, I never had a big problem. He had more of a problem coming over here, actually. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The whole visa thing is a nightmare, wherever you are, I think. And, um, yeah, we... So... And it's ongoing as well because you've you've got to have you exp- you get an extension on your spouse visa and then you've got to get an extension on that and then yeah so um, it is a nightmare. But when I go when we both go in now together, we just um, I, I just walk with him and I don't say a word. <laughs> and he just gives us the, gives the passports and like Brilliant. you try and get through as uh, quickly as possible. Taking a vow of silence. Yeah. <laughs> And then similarly, uh, I think most of the airports you come into, they I think you can go up together. You can't go through the uh, 
a facial recognition one, but right. uh, yeah, you go up and speak to somebody and uh, they're normally very nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Joy, thank you so much for oh, coming thank you, Rob. <laughs> on the Jazz Podcast. We've had a great time. Oh, that's very sweetie. And I, I think, think it's a bit random. No, it's supposed to be random. Just spit out <laughs> random questions and see where we end up. Um, you're going to have the distinction, I believe, of being the show that tips us over 20,000 all-time downloads. Um, wow. Yeah, Yay. I know. Right place <laughs> at the right time. Um, but uh, the minute this show comes out, I think we'll we'll tip over the line, which will be very exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you in that. advance for tipping us. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed you do now. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be watching it like on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> or listening yes, to please it. do. Just stick it. That's how I think we've gotten really high because possibly a lot of those are my mum. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to play the jazz man to. Um, no, I'm not. We listened to the jazz man at the start. Um, <laughs> let's listen to Life on Land, the title track from your album. Thanks, Rob. Mm. 